Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks. Ten takeaways from Week 17 with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Castro Edge. I'm Bucky Brooks. We're going to have my normal guys with me, Rhett Lewis and Daniel Jeremiah. But today, we got a special hitter coming up out of the dugout. We got Lance Zerlein helping us out with Uh-oh. the podcast today. He's going to be there. But before I get to LZ, I want to make sure that you know that you can download the Mood of Six podcast on NFL.com or any of your favorite podcast apps. Also, if you want to catch our videos, always go to NFL.com backslash video. LZ, we've reached the conclusion of the regular season. Uh, Just some opening thoughts on what you thought about week 17. Well, as a coach's son, I always feel bad. You know, at this time, it's Black Monday, so, you know, 
There's some guys are going to get got. That's that's the way it is. That's part of the business. Uh, it's a results driven league. It's a it's a results driven business. And so that's the case. And, you know, a guy like uh, Anthony Lynn, who I think still has, you know, I kind of liked Anthony Lynn as as a guy to lead the the Chargers. I understand that they didn't get the results they wanted, but I actually like him over there. I think Zach Taylor, I'm glad that they're going to stick with Zach Taylor. Um, but when I look at what happened from week 17, you know, the two things that really stand out to me are the Ravens are in a little bit of a run and they've kind of, you know, they got the running game going over 400 yards. What happened with the South? Because I don't think you want to see the, the Buffalo Bills right now. So we were this close. We were about four inches to the right uh, from the Titans having to go play the Bills. And now it's going to have to be the Colts that play the Bills. So, I, you know, I think that's a big deal to not have to play uh, the Bills right now. And then, you know, lastly, I would say one of the big takeaways uh, on the AFC side is, I know it seems little, but what Alex Smith has been able to do, I never, I didn't know if he would walk, Bucky. The fact that he came back, I thought, okay, well, this is a nice feel-good story that Washington's doing for him. And that's not been the case at all. He has been really, it, it's an amazing story. You know, LZ, like when you talk about the AFC and the AFC South and how competitive it is and trying to avoid some of those matchups, obviously it's one of those things that you always want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. Um, it, it's just interesting as, as we're going through it and just trying to see how this is going to play out down the stretch. Because when I look at the NFC and the Green Bay Packers securing the number one seed, it's a lot of excitement about them having to go through Lambeau. We haven't really seen the Packers afforded this opportunity. So it'll be fascinating to watch. You mentioned Black Monday and all the coaches and the families that will be affected. Hopefully those guys will bounce back quickly and land on their feet. But Let's get the show started. Let's start off. So I'm going to let my man DJ take us away. So DJ, get us started. Now this one's simple. The Buffalo Bills are all gas, no breaks. Are they going to put another score up before they head to the locker room at halftime? Here's the snap. Josh, pump fakes once, fires down the far sideline, caught into the end zone, touchdown, John Brown. John Brown, touchdown, Buffalo. Welcome back to the lineup, John Brown. The Bills score again, and Miami has nothing to say about it. Uh, John Brown getting to the end zone on that one. And this is a, this is a Buffalo team that's not uh, limping into the postseason. It is aggressively blowing the doors off people on the way into the postseason. Even after Josh Allen came out of that game, uh, it was a game that was still dominated by Buffalo. Miami, everything to play for in that one, fighting for their playoff lives, and just got completely obliterated uh, by the Bills. And it's not just what they're doing with Josh Allen and company offensively. Defensively, they're able to get a lot of pressure. They're able to generate pressure packages. They're excellent in the back end with their secondary. It's just, it, it works. It really complements the way that they play. And I'm I'm anxious to see how it's going to go against a, an Indianapolis Colts team that we, we've seen them now run the football. We saw what the Colts did in their previous game to get into the postseason. And you saw Jonathan Taylor have the big game that he had. But to me, it's going to be a styles make fights. Can the, can the Indianapolis Colts kind of shorten that game and slow down this passing attack with the Buffalo Bills with the zone coverage they like to play? It's going to be a fun matchup. I cannot wait to see this one with Buffalo and Indy. But I know one thing. Um, if they do get a lead, Buck, if, if they do get a lead, the Buffalo Bills will not back off. Uh, they play full throttle from the very first whistle to the very last one. Damn you, COVID, for keeping me away from the charming Daniel Jeremiah in person. But one day when that vaccine, we're going to back together, DJ. Um, 
You know what? This is an interesting matchup for me. And I, I think on the surface, it doesn't look like a good one for the Colts. And here's why Josh, the Colts can get after their front can get after the quarterback, but I think Josh Allen's mobility and ability to, you know, to, to, to pull the zone read and do some things like that are going to keep them a little bit off balance. I don't like the matchup for the Colts of John Brown. You know, when you have smoke Brown and Diggs working, that's a big, big problem for them down the field. But I guess the one takeaway Bucky is Buffalo really doesn't stop the run that well. Teams have been able to get off on them on the, in the running game and they've allowed 4.6 yards per carry this year. And that's the one thing that, you know, I, I think, that's the identity of the Colts, I think. Sometimes they get a little pass happy, but I think that's the one thing that gives them a shot is can they ground and pound and eat up the clock? You know, it's funny because we talk about the Bills in this game against the Miami Dolphins. They absolutely took the Dolphins to the shed. Uh, they really beat them up, and I think it shows a level of maturity that the Buffalo Bills have acquired over the last couple of years. And in terms of being a perennial playoff team, I think that experience helped them against the Miami Dolphins. As we look ahead to them in the Indianapolis Colts, I actually believe this matchup is perfect for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this zone that they use and, and feature, I think it, it really will give Josh Allen problems because what they want to do is they want to take away the deep ball. They're going to make him dink and dunk it. And you just want to see if he's disciplined and patient enough to do that. Early in the year when we saw him have his struggles, there was a little stretch there, maybe against the Tennessee Titans and some others where they played zone and they slowed the game down and they made him be a little more precise. I think it could be a matchup. I think before I go on, I have to talk about the Miami Dolphins. And there's going to be some conversation, as you know, the run-up to the draft. The Dolphins have the third overall pick. They get that from the Houston Texans. That puts them right in the quarterback mix. There's been a lot of conversation about Tua and Tagovailoa in his rookie season. Do they regret bypassing Justin Herbert? Should they look at maybe upgrading the position? And so the Miami Dolphins have put themselves in position where they're a team that's playoff caliber, but now you want to look at the quarterback and say, hey, can we get better? When you look at the other guys that could be available, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. And so it's an interesting situation for the Miami Dolphins to be in, but I think we certainly learned a lot about them. So now I'm going to go second takeaway. It's all on my man, LZ. Lance, it's on you. What you got? How about this? Let's crank up that diesel. Takes the snap. Gives Henry. Henry charging forward for five yards at a first down at 2,000. History for the king. What? What? Crank up that diesel. You know what? I can't believe they picked that. That's the a five-yard run to get a first down. He was breaking them <laughs> off like little children the whole day. You just bang, bang, bang. I mean, you could have found one of those vicious runs. But here's a guy who went for 2,000 yards, right, Bucky? The diesel is cranked. Last year, over 1,500 yards. This year, he hits 2,000 yards. He's the eighth running back to do it, uh, fifth highest in NFL history. He's got three consecutive Two, there we go. See, now this is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got three consecutive 200-yard games against the Houston Texans, which is not as impressive this year, but uh, but was last year. And I just think when you look at the Tennessee Titans, you want to talk about a team that finds their identity. They know exactly who they are, game in and game out. And the way that Henry's running the ball right now, this is a kind of back that can – it's the Mike Tyson, everyone's got a game plan until you get punched in the nose type of running back because once he gets cranked up and you can't stop him and you're, you're, you're 
they're ahead of the chains the whole game, Bucky, it changes. Oh, it absolutely changes the game. And I, look, I'm going to tip my hat to uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is beyond my wildest expectation in terms of what I thought of him as a prospect. I thought he was good. I didn't know he would be great. He has been fantastic the last two and a half years since he's really become the, the number one running back in Tennessee. He's, a, 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 I mean, an intimidating combination of size, strength, power. He has home run speed. And yeah. what he has really surprised me with has been the durability. When you're a big back and you're slamming up in there 25, 30 times, you just wonder, can he sustain it over a long period of time? And he has basically given them Eddie George 2.0. Big physical mm-hmm. running back that can get it done. He is really the the driving force of the offense. With Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown making plays in the passing game, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. This is a very tough team. The only thing that prevents me from fully jumping on the Tennessee Titans bandwagon, man, their defense still troubles me. The fact that they struggled a little bit with the Houston Texans, I don't know, man. They haven't been good. They don't have a pass rush at all, despite paying big money for Jadavian Clowney or whatever. Like, they never got that pass rush. I just don't know if you can win and win consistently without having a pass rusher in this league. You know, one quick follow-up from kind of a scouting note. One of the things that I noticed was if you put Derrick Henry offset, it was no good. Like, he couldn't get the long legs rolling. And I mentioned that in my scouting report is you got to have him off. You got to have him as a single setback or, you know, he runs from eight yards deep. I know a lot of running backs will go from seven yards deep. He goes from eight yards deep. And once he gets those legs unfurled, you know, it's a problem. So that's one of the things from a scouting standpoint, Bucky, I know that you pay attention to as well, is some running backs aren't built for the offset. They got to be getting downhill so they can get to where they need to go and, and, you know, and crank up that diesel. I mean, he certainly can crank it up. So I'm going to go with my third takeaway. The Cowboys blow their chances. Ooh. It's third down and goal. And the snap back to Dalton. Looking around. A block from Elliott. He's in trouble. Rolling left. Heaves it up. It's a duck in the end zone. It's intercepted. McKinney, the rookie safety, just waited for the balloon to fall to him. Hey, look, it, it didn't work out for the Cowboys in the end because the Washington football team was able to clinch. But the Dallas Cowboys had an opportunity to really finish their season with the bang. They had been hot, entered the uh, season finale with a three-game winning streak. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, man, this team was a smoke and mirrors team. They could never stop the run under Mike Nolan. They weren't necessarily a physical team. They didn't commit to being kind of like one of those those bully-type teams that we have known them to be during the Ezekiel Elliott era, and all of their flaws and all of their warts were on display in this game. Never could control the running game. Got dominated in the trenches. Some of that is due to injury of their offensive line. But they were just dominated. They were dominated up front. And a New York Giants offense that couldn't score against anybody else in the league went up and down the field the first half. And so... I think the Cowboys will look back. This would be a season regret. They never could get it going on either side of the ball, and they have to get it fixed this offseason. That's a tough spot in Dallas. I mean, you got a a head coach who players were openly, you know, uh, kind of rallying against earlier in the season, a quarterback in Dak Prescott that ownership didn't seem to be fully on board with, and if they were, they were playing a little bit of hardball in terms of, uh, you know, what the salary structure was going to look like. 
You paid a running back a second contract, which is, man, that's looking like a bigger and bigger, you know, uh, crapshoot that rolls by running backs just don't perform the same. And as you mentioned, they did have offensive line issues. But the defense is a big concern, and they had brought a bunch of guys in to get pass rush, but ultimately they I don't get the sense they know who they are anymore right now, Bucky. And I, I think that's mm. from head coach to offense to defense. I don't even recognize this Cowboy team anymore. It's funny that you said that because last week Mike McCarthy was asked about the team's identity, and he couldn't give an answer. And mm -hmm. I think, Lance, that really speaks volumes. If your head coach, coach doesn't know what the identity of the team is, how can the players know what their identity is? So yeah. it's one of those things that they have to fix in the offseason. But now we're going to go to the PBU, primary backup. Red Lewis, <laughs> what you got for us? All right, guys, the Browns make it rain. Mayfield. Looking for it. He's got it. And it's over. First down. Yes, as in the drought is over at long last. The Cleveland Browns have ended the NFL's longest active playoff drought 17 straight years without a postseason berth. And now the Browns are back in in Kevin Stefanski's first year as the head coach. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot to look at as uh, potential reasons for for why this Browns turnaround has happened uh, in this game. Kind of a, a symptom of, of something we've seen over the course of the second half of the season for Baker Mayfield. Just one interception uh, in his last nine games. Second best touchdown to interception ratio we've seen in the second half of the season. 11 TDs, just one interception. Nick Chubb goes over a thousand yards on the 47 yard touchdown run that opened the scoring for Cleveland. So they've had both phases on offense, really working run game, pass game. They've gotten a little bit healthier here in this game, got some of their receivers back. And uh, look, I just think that uh, the Browns had some opportunities to kind of muck this thing up a little bit. And uh, the Dolphins laying an egg against the Bills certainly made this a little less dramatic than it might have been down the stretch. Um, but they figured it out. The Browns with or the Steelers with an opportunity to tie the game on a two-point conversion. Browns stop them, recover the onside kick. They figure out a way to end the game late with Baker Mayfield, uh, as you heard there. And so the Browns are back in. And now for the 15th time in NFL history, we're going to get a rematch. We're going to see... Uh, the same thing in the wild card round that we saw in week 17. The Browns and the Steelers will meet up again in Pittsburgh uh, this time. And so, you know, it's kind of a little playoff uh, deja vu for Cleveland. Last time they were into the playoffs, it was the Steelers who knocked them out all the way back in 2002. And then even going back to 94, the second to last time the Browns were in the playoffs, it was the Steelers who knocked them out. So Browns and Steelers, uh, this wild card weekend will be a fun one. Bucky, uh, trivia question. Do you remember who the starting quarterback was for the Browns in their last playoff game in the loss Ooh, to the Steelers? I would have to go all the way back. Let's see, maybe Kelly Holcomb. Oh, look at you. Only because That's right. Butch it Davis. was Kelly Holcomb. Only, only because Butch Davis was the coach. I, don't ask me why I know that random fact to it. I'm not a Browns fan, but yeah. Yeah, and my dad was on that staff. He oh. was with Butch. Yeah, we, he was a Cleveland Brown, and uh, Kelly Holcomb was the backup. He came in and was dealing for about 400 yards in the snow, had an unbelievable first half, and Browns looked like they might pull it off. I remember we were in Cleveland uh, with my mom watching the game at home, and I went to church, and the priest there was like, it was like a 35 minutes. He's like, all right. That's it. We gotta, we gotta go. Like he's like, it's a wrap. I said, this is the best. 
Y'all need to make the playoff all the time. And uh, 17 years later, it happens. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Browns. I don't know if, I don't know if Baker is ready for this moment. You know, this is, this is still one of these moments where he doesn't really rise to the occasion in these moments up to this point. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, it, it appears that Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt, man, they desperately want to put the ball in his hands and let him be the driving force of the offense. But this offense is much better when they are able to ground and pound. Uh, they have the best running back backfield duo uh, that I've seen in a long time in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You actually have two number ones in the backfield. And when they are running the ball behind that beefy offensive line, they can control the game. The problem is the Pittsburgh Steelers always view the Cleveland Browns as their little brother. They are going to be more confident that they can knock them off because their JV team kept this game to within two. So now <laughs> when you bring the big boys back, TJ Wide and Ben Roethlisberger and some of the other guys, uh, I just feel like the Steelers are going to have that edge. But let's see. Number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. You want to make a statement about who you are and what you're about? The playoffs are where you make your legacy, so we'll get an opportunity to do that. So, Lance, you're, you're up next. Fifth takeaway. Well, I'm just wondering, Bucky, if the Indianapolis Colts can learn to play two halves. Second and ten. Rivers taking a deep shot, and it's picked off by Winger. Man, look. This is the problem here because the Colts can look really good in one half, but they rarely look really good in both halves. We've seen them come from behind and get wins on multiple occasions. We've seen them have to hang on for wins in the second half. We saw them blow a game to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which would have won the division for them because they were going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars regardless. But Jacksonville got the ball down six yesterday you know, with a chance to take the lead. So I think this is a real concern, Bucky. You have a, a Colts team that, you know, has moments where they look really, really good. But it's kind of like the quarterback, Phillip Rivers. There's just some limitations, and it prevents them from being as good as they potentially could be. And one of the limitations they have is that they just don't play two halves this year. And it's that's certainly not all on Phillip Rivers. I think the secondary, um, you know, and the defense in general has to, has to take some of the responsibility there too. Yeah, you know, the Colts are a fascinating team because they're one of the few teams that I believe can make a run from down at the bottom of the, the bracket. When I look at them, I think they have everything that you need. Uh, they're physical up front with their offensive line. They have playmakers along the defensive front with DeForest Buckner, um, Danico Archery. They also have uh, Justin Houston also making plays. And then Matt Eberflus getting this defense to play this vision and break zone coverage. They can make it very, very difficult and challenging. The problem is they don't put it together for an entire half. And because they are so static in how they approach it and do it, I worry. I also worry about Frank Wright falling in love with Phillip Rivers. And the version that he's falling in love with is not the 2020 version. It's the 20, 20, 2007 version of Phillip Rivers that can really make all the throws. And so as long as they use the running game and center that, that gives them a chance. I just don't know if they're patient and disciplined enough, but it is one of the best games to watch the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. Man, I can't wait. That is fascinating. So it's, it's, it's on me. Number six, the Rams win the battle of the backups. Out of timeouts. Wolford still has it. Get down. 
He's going to get the first down. Hey, hey, hey Lance, I, I don't know. I think this is one where I think you are rewarded for all of your effort because to look at this game and to know that this game comes down to two quarterbacks, one for the Rams and John Wolford, who I never would imagine that, one, he would make the league, but, but let alone start in the league. It's fascinating. The fact that he threw for 231 yards, he did have an interception in the first attempt of the game. He ran for 56 yards, and he kind of sustained an offense that was sputtering or whatever. But when I look at him, Lance, man, he looks so small in comparison to some of the other guys. And I know this is a league where we're seeing Callum Murray and other guys kind of break through those norms, Russell Wilson, namely. Uh, I'm fascinated, man. I'm fascinated that a QB2 can get the Rams to where they want to go. They're in the tournament. And if they have to start him against the Seattle Seahawks, I do worry. But I'm not as worried as I would be for some teams because their defense is lights out. And Brandon Staley deserves a lot of credit for that. You know, I think it's interesting to think, can McVay scheme it up enough for Wofford if uh, if he has to you know, step in for golf, if golf can't make it back? And I think Cam Akers, obviously, is going to be huge. The running game is going to be huge. That, that goes without saying. But you do have weapons like Higby. You have Woods. I mean, you have guys – that can make things happen with the ball in their hands. So how do you get it in their hands and not put your quarterback uh, in situations where he's got to make tough throws? It benefits you that you have a defense that's terrible against the pass, so that certainly helps. But you'd also like to be able to exploit that. And I, I just wonder, you know, how do you how do you approach that, Butch? Do you, Bucky? Do you do you exploit their weakness, or do you try to stay within what your quarterback can do? Well, the worst thing that has happened now for the Rams is everyone now knows what John Wolford is. And so now you can have a game plan for him. And based off of what I saw from the Arizona Cardinals, if I am the Seattle Seahawks and if Jamal Adams is healthy, Jamal Adams, have your day with him because I am sending him on pressures and blitzes all over the place because we saw him get a little chaotic and try and run around. Well, now mm-hmm. that we have seen it on tape, I am going to design a blitz package and a rush that makes him throw from the pocket. He is not getting on the edges. And if we can, because he's kind of fancied himself as a tough guy, if he's going to keep running and not sliding and getting down, we're going to lower the boom on him and we're going to see how tough he is and see if he can finish it. Return of the boom. (laughs) Absolutely. Return of the boom. And so we're going to start with DJ. DJ, get us started. All right, it's time for our seventh takeaway and this one comes from the chargers chiefs game that i had a chance to call and it's very simple it's uh, it's historic herbert herbert play action again sets his feet takes a shot downfield with the heave left sideline mike williams caught touchdown chargers all right just saw mike williams on that one get into the end zone and this is something justin herbert has done really all season long he's Put together one of the best rookie seasons, if not the best rookie seasons for a quarterback, shattering record after record. It felt like during the game, every time something happened, uh, Matt Money Smith was like, well, there goes this record and there goes that record. And uh, just an incredible performance. I know it was backups for the Kansas City Chiefs, but there were a lot of backups playing for the Chargers. No Keenan Allen in this game. No Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler went out early. Um, he did not have his full assortment of weapons. Balaga didn't play up front along the offensive line. Trey Turner got hurt. All the names around him changed, but it didn't change the performance from Justin Herbert. And 
as impressive as you can be with the the throws that he's made. He, he had a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, I believe it was his fifth or sixth rushing touchdown this season. Uh, to me, it's the poise that, that stood out the most. And you see throw after throw, third down touchdowns. I believe he led the league in those under pressure throws throughout the season. One of the best in the NFL. We'll see what happens here going forward with this team, but there's a lot of good young pieces in place. And Tom Telesco has the foundation built. They need to get healthy next year, get Derwin James back, Drew Tranquil and company, get Joey Bosa back healthy. Uh, but this is a team with the quarterback in place. I think could have a rapid ascent next year. Finish up the year with four straight wins, seven and nine. This could very easily, Buck, it would not surprise me if next year we're talking about this Chargers team as a, a 12, uh, 12-win team. It, does, it sounds crazy, but I, I think they could very – easily make that leap provided they fix some issues along the offensive line and in the secondary says the guy who does commentary for the chargers i'll let that slide dj uh no i do like i do like what they're doing i think they're headed in the right direction without question get healthy on defense it's a it's a whole different story i want to get into justin herbert because we talked a lot about the quarterbacks and i gotta tell you i got some bad infill on justin herbert i was told that this is a this is an Oregon boy who's in Eugene in high school, Eugene in college, is going to get eaten up by the wolves and the, the alphas in the locker room. He's a shrinking violet. I feel like I got some bad intel on that one, Bucky, because that man came to play. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because this is the fascinating thing, Lance, about the draft and all these things, right? Everyone wants to crown Justin Herbert and talk about like, hey, everyone should have known. I can't believe the Miami mm -hmm. Dolphins bypass. But I think we failed to remember what the conversation was about Justin Herbert when he was coming out. There were people that didn't know if he could lead. There were people that were worried about some of the production and maybe lack thereof at Oregon playing in that system. Couldn't imagine that he would be able to go and hit the ground running like he was able to in L.A. And I will say this, Lance, I believe some of that led to Anthony Lynn's dismissal. I think he was a victim of his own circumstance and some of the expectations around the quarterback because we didn't expect the quarterback to be a star. He exceeds our expectations, and that leads us to imagine, well, if he's doing it now, how good could he be if we got him with a guru, a quarterback mm -hmm. guru, a whisperer that could take his game to the next level? And the only thing that I will say is be careful with that. We've seen him succeed in this system with the instructions that he's getting from this coaching staff, Pep Hamilton in particular. You change the pieces around him, it doesn't guarantee that he is going to be the same player, if not a better player going forward. I think the question you ask is, who wants the Charger job? Because that determines whether or not you want to get rid of Anthony Lynn. If you don't, if you don't think there's a big-time coach that wants that job that you think is a great leader and that will keep Pep Hamilton in place, I don't think you make it because Justin Herbert's playing so far above expectations so early. That's how you win games. That's how you win championships as quarterback play. And I think Anthony Lynn is a is a leader of men. Um, I was sad to see him go, but you know I understand that's that's the business, but. Herbert, I think this is now two quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, who we've seen had similar big arm guys, mm -hmm. lack, uh, you know, inconsistent accuracy, good, relatively good mobility. But Josh can make plays outside the pocket. We didn't see that with Herbert that often at Oregon, and he showed it more. And uh, clearly he's gotten some good instruction. And, you know, this is also something that is that I know you've had to deal with over the years in the actual buildings is 
I saw some things where I went, wow, with Herbert. But then it just wasn't consistent enough. So I decided not to grade the flashes. I graded the overall. Yeah. And in this case, maybe grading the flashes was the right uh, the right call. But how tough is that when you have to try to decide whether you're going to you're going to grade the flash and project or you're going to grade what the overall body looks like? Oh, Lance, I'm, I'm, I'm all different now with quarterbacks. I've learned my lesson. Two things. Like one, I was bullish on Justin Herbert, but I wasn't. I was conservative on Josh Allen and even Lamar Jackson. And mm-hmm. right now, grade the talent for the talent. Now, you can have the imagination and say, look, man, this dude is really talented. I don't like it. Some of it is ugly, but he is very, very talented. And if you get him in the right system, he could pop. And I think with Justin Herbert, that's what we were able to see. So now we're on takeaway number eight. It is the Lance D show. See ya, Sam. On third down, looking for number six, goes toward the end zone, intercepted. Jonathan Jones with the Patriots' second interception of the day, and that will stop the Jets' drive. Look, it's not fair. (laughs) Sam didn't have help. His offensive line over the years has not been very good. Hasn't had as much of a running game as expected when they had added Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, wide receiver that Robbie Anderson let him go. And, you know, Denzel Mims has done some things as a rookie. I think he still shows some ability, Bucky. But the way that that Justin Fields just got done playing, and we'll see how he plays in the championship game, the ability that Zach Wilson has, I just think if you're the Jets, you really have to consider hitting reset on the rookie quarterback contract, moving Sam Darnold and adding more picks. Because the one thing the Jets need are more players and the way to get more players, more picks. And I think Sam is going to be gone in uh, in New York, from New York. You know, it's funny because there, there's been a lot of this conversation about Sam Darnold and, you know, poor Sam, he hasn't had this, he hasn't had that. But, man, that's a tough business. And Lance, when you're picked, second or third overall, they expect you to make it better. And so I think the thing for me over three years, I've seen a flash or two, but I haven't seen enough flashes to say that Sam Darnold is going to be something special. And so when I think about his prospects on the open market, the trade market, I don't know how much he's going to fetch because we've heard people talk about, oh, he absolutely get a first round pick or they'll get a second back for him. I don't know if I've seen enough to really give that up to help the Jets get out of this situation that they're going to be in when they do select a new quarterback. He's fine. He's athletic. He's, I give him credit for being tough. But, man, the giveaways, the turnovers, the bad stuff that showed up at SC has continued to show up yeah. in his play. And I just don't know how, as a team, how do I value that? Like, what am I willing to give up to take somebody who, look, I got to fix him. I got to fix him and get him right. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what what comes back from that. Well, and how much is it going to be long term issues? You know, how much is is he just going to drop his eyes and, and not be able to focus down the field? And really, Bucky, what it, what it gets to is to our conversation previously about the quarterback position. You're either a playmaker or a snap taker for the most part. I mean, you're going to fall in one of those. And we know who the playmakers are and we know who they're not. And snap taker is not a derogatory term. It's just, you know, you game manage and you stay within the system. Sam Darnold's a snap taker. He's not a playmaker. And uh, I don't know that I'm giving up 
I mean, even a second is a projection. If you want to give up a second for Sam Darnold, man, you're projecting a lot because right around the corner is his new contract. Yeah, because you're saying like a second-round pick, that's a starter. So you're saying that he is a starter. So if I'm giving up a second, my plan is that I can start him. Now, if it's one of those situations, and I love the way that you broke that down, playmaker and snap taker, well, then that makes sense. Because if you're a team like maybe the San Francisco 49ers and you don't know, well, that's cool because that offense takes snap takers and makes them playmakers. Matt Schaub in Houston. Yeah, so I can understand that. And I'm not saying there's not a place in the league for Sam Darnold, but I would pump the brakes a little bit on saying, hey, he is going to fetch back a number one pick. I don't know if he is viewed like that universally around the league. I think people think he was a good prospect, but we've had three years of film to see him. And I know we can talk about the things around him, but those guys stand out because you have a guy down there in Houston, Deshaun Watson, who doesn't have a lot around him. And this Blame year me. he only led the league in passing yards and did stuff. And I would say played his best ball with fewer things around him. I would expect Sam Donald to do some of those things. And so we got the PBU up next. Ray Lewis, what do you got for us? All right, guys, I'm back at it here. The Ravens run away with a playoff berth. Dobbins will carry across the 30. Stiff arms man, 35-40. Leg race, midfield. Bengal 40, 30. Dobbins to the 20. He might 10, 5. He will. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. And it sure does feel like they are a runaway train going down the tracks. And I don't know if there's a defense out there in the AFC right now that can slow down what the Ravens are doing on offense. Over 400 yards rushing, 404 to be exact, fifth most we've seen in NFL history. Certainly, the Bengals were not stopping anything that the Ravens were putting out there on offense. You had J.K. Dobbins. uh, You saw the 72-yard run, one of his two touchdowns on the day, that the longest run of his career. And so he opened... he finishes the season the same way he opened it by scoring two touchdowns kind of been some highs and lows but man is he peaking at the right time for a rookie who we sometimes kind of see trail off towards the back end of the season especially for a running back that's had a lot of carries but he is definitely uh, in playoff form right now and so is Lamar Jackson and now just the second quarterback in NFL history to have multiple thousand yard rushing seasons. He goes over 1K once again, now for the second straight season. Terrific year. Uh, terrific second half of this season. Really, uh, really last fourth quarter of this season is where Lamar Jackson has taken off ever since coming off the COVID-19 list. He has been absolutely uh, phenomenal. And uh, he was dishing out dimes too. I mean, the, the throw to Hollywood Brown that he dropped early in the game was terrific. And then bounced back with a throw to Miles Boykin for a touchdown. Another two to Hollywood late uh, where the uh, Bengals had, had sent some pressure and he was able to get it out and get it on target uh, to, to Brown on both of those occasions. I, I just feel like the Browns or the Ravens have figured something out here in these last four or five weeks and they've got their mojo back and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the postseason. And uh, Lamar also remains perfect in the red zone, has never thrown a red zone interception in his career. Uh, and that will prove valuable for them coming up here in the postseason. Uh, excited to see the Ravens uh, get back at it here in the postseason once again. I just say, Bucky, we just uh, just go like Army, you know. Mark, you put Brown out wide. Maybe you weasel Boykins in somewhere. But we're just going Edwards and Ingram and – and Dobbs, and we're just going to go triple option because 
right now that three-headed monster that they have, and it's four-headed monster, it's it's really impressive. And, you know, I think something that's interesting, Bucky, is that the Ravens did something that was interesting. They decided that despite having a pretty good rushing attack already and pretty good running backs, they went and drafted another one that looks mm-hmm. like Mark Ingram, that runs like Mark Ingram. And they said, you know what? Let's let's draft a, a strength. Let's draft to a strength and beat people up. And I think if you didn't have that right now, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs because Lamar has not thrown the ball the same way this year. So what they've done is they just strengthen the strength. And, you know, here we are. They've they've got a brand new level of momentum going into the uh, in the offseason. I mean, into the playoffs. You know, like Lance, I just can imagine your dad watching the Baltimore Ravens and just getting excited seeing the stuff that they're doing in the running game. When I look at what they're doing with all of the gap action, the pulls, the misdirections and stuff with the running backs that you talked about, it is fantastic how they're challenging defenses to try and come up with solutions for the problems that they create. And so as they go forward, I think they have a real opportunity to make a long run. And Mm -hmm. don't forget, Lamar Jackson is still throwing the ball pretty well. This is a very, very challenging team to defend. And as you talk about them being Army, I believe counterculture works in this league. And the fact that they are lining up and they're running it and they're running it from heavy sets, they're running it from spread sets, they're running with the gap misdirection stuff. Man, in a week to prepare for them, it is crazy. How do you prepare? Who do you see it from? What's your scout team look like? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then at any point, they could just go four wide on you. And now you got to worry about taking care of Brown, Marquise Brown in space. It's just, I just, my dad was a, it was a, his first job he coached for, obviously Cleveland. I talked about that when they were in the Browns uh, in 2002 playoffs, but his first job in college was at university of Houston with the veer. And I know, you know, that Bucky, and that's one of the reasons why you probably thought of him is because they're running some veer concepts right now. And that option attack and the triple option. I'm a, I'm a firm believer as well, that things you don't prepare for, you can't stop. If somebody springs it on you. No, you, you, you can't defend it. It is, this a tough team. And I think this would be an opportunity if they stick to the script and stay who they are. I think, one, they get a chance to erase the boogeyman and the Tennessee Titans, but they get a chance to really exercise some demons going into the playoffs because this running game, and I don't think people understand, when you gain 400 yards on somebody, and I know it's the Bengals, I know we'll dismiss it, but, man, 400 yards is a personal butt-kicking. And I think that yeah. gives them confidence going forward. I saw this stat, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Last five games, they've rushed for 1,300 rushing yards. That is ridiculous when you think about it. So, oh, yeah, I, think, and- I, think, I think it's on me, Lance. I get to close it out. Oh, Tenth takeaway. Tenth takeaway. Everybody wants to talk about the GOAT, but the Bucks are streaking into the postseason. Cameron Braid on the left edge, a tight end. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball wide open receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Flag thrown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See what the flag's all about. Fire the cannons anyway. We got plenty of gunpowder. This is the season finale. <laughs> hey, look, they do have plenty of gunpowder. And I know there was a lot of 
consternation when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out and signed Antonio Brown. People were like, they don't need him. They have so many weapons already. They got Chris Godwin. They have Mike Evans. They have Cameron Bray playing well. O.J. Howard was there, but then he got hurt. Scotty Miller was playing. But here's what happens when you bring in Antonio Brown. My third receiver is better than any nickelback that you can imagine. My third receiver in Antonio Brown is a gold jacket wear. And now that they have made a concerted effort to give him the ball, some of that was Tom Brady trying to make sure that he got his incentives. But now in the scouting report, I got to talk about Antonio Brown to go with defending all these other guys. Oh, and by the way, I didn't even mention Rob Gronkowski. This mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is beginning to find their way going forward. And as long as they let Tom Brady do what he does, they have a chance. They have a chance, Lance. You know, and the other thing that's important is that you've added depth because Mike. So Mike Evans gets hurt yesterday. Well, now you still have a one and you still have a two, which I don't know who the one is and who the two is, but I know you got two good ones for sure. And you can throw another one in the mix. And uh, you got you got Rojo that's, you know, who's playing well. You got a big bully at running back. You got Gronk. So, yeah, I guess the question is going to be, can the gold hold up? this week against that Washington front. I'm excited. I mean, sweat and young off the edge. We saw what happened on Sunday night when Tom Brady was getting heated up against the uh, 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 Green Bay Packers. No, no, no. It was uh, the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, that was a game. And once that happened, it was, you know, it got a little nervous. But if they can get that blocked, if they can get the edges blocked, Tom Brady – I I agree with you. The ability to add Rojo back and what Antonio Brown brings really gives them an interesting look because it doesn't look strong right now in the the NFC. It's not a strong NFC. No, it's it's not a strong NFC, and it really comes down to matchups. And, you know, the thing about them playing the Washington football team, I think the magic number for them is if they can score 24 points, I don't know if Washington can score points. Like, I just don't know if they have enough weaponry to deal with what – Tampa is going to give them. And so we'll we'll see. I love what Chase Young is doing. I love what they're able to do up front. You're right. Uh, Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and all those number one picks have really come through yeah. for the Washington football team. But this Buccaneers team is, is finding their way. And as long as they can keep Tom Brady clean, he has still shown that he has been able to get it done. And I'll be honest, I was a skeptic. I didn't think he can do it. Tom Brady has proved me and he's proved a lot of other haters wrong. Yeah, and he did it with a guy in Bruce Arians who doesn't typically run an offense that would, you know, that would really uh, benefit Tom. But he bent his offense to Tom, and Tom made some, you know, Tom Brady made some uh, uh, some changes in what he likes to do and what he was willing to do. And then he took hard coaching too. That's been a big storyline for much of the year. Although, you know, I wonder how much of that is almost like, hey, listen, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you real hard, Tom, with, but. <laughs> Just know I love you. I'm going to love you up. I'm going to love you up. But these other guys need to see me coaching you hard. You know, I, I just feel like there's some of that at play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just can't see Bruce Arians lighting up Tom and not behind the scenes saying, don't listen to what I'm saying. That's not even a real thing. Well, here's the thing. Now that he has lit up Tom, the Buccaneers could light everybody else up. Mm, I like that play on words. That's nice. Smooth. All right. Well, that was a great show, man. Love have you on, Lance. Um, look, it's Wildcard Weekend next weekend, but for a bunch of different teams, it is time to think about the draft. You are a draft guru when it comes to writing up all those bios and Ooh. scouting reports. When is it start? Where can we find all your work? 
Well, I'm 160 in as of right now. So I still got a lot of work to do. A lot of the big ones, Trevor Lawrence, I got to take that last game into account. Sorry, my man, but I got I got to do it. And uh, we'll take a look. Uh, hopefully we get them released sometime by about the senior ball. So I think late January, people can start to see them populate on uh, NFL.com. Well, that's cool. They can read all of your work. They can check out the Moose 6 podcast, uh, Apple and Spotify. Um, you know, we got it covered. You'll be on the podcast talking about all the draft stuff. So just make sure you tune in. We got you covered when it comes to the draft and all things football. And so thanks for watching Move the Sticks presented by Castro Edge. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 